0: Hey, my name is Kate, and welcome to the Panda Babes podcast. I decided to start this podcast after having similar conversations with a number of mom friends that I had met in true millennial fashion on the internet. I joined a Reddit group of moms doing the same month as me after finding out I was pregnant and rode the pregnancy, birth, postpartum roller coaster right alongside them. We'd all gotten pregnant pre COVID and never expected to try to raise a newborn in a world plastered with PPE. We bonded over shared experiences and, almost more importantly, our lack of experiences. Having a baby during a pandemic meant that partners weren't allowed in doctor's appointments, baby showers were canceled, and friends and family were limited to supporting us from six feet or more. The guidelines for the public changed weekly and were practically non-existent for pregnant or nursing mothers, leaving us to try to sift through mounds of conflicting information to try to keep ourselves and our babies safe. As much as other moms in our lives wanted to help, giving us advice and sharing their own experiences, this was completely uncharted territory for everyone a common theme that continued to surface in my conversations with moms about our panda babes was that we never really got to share our stories. We didn't get drop-ins from friends or family to see how delivery went or to reassure us through breastfeeding. And we never got to hash out the badass event that is bringing a human into the world, which is important for all new moms and especially those with difficult or traumatic births. So we decided to tell our story for our friends and family, for our partners, for our babies, and most importantly, for ourselves. Thanks for listening. Today I have our first guest Jennifer. Uh, Jennifer and I met originally through a Reddit group. Uh, It's a pregnancy support group called The Bumpers on Reddit and that group kind of filtered down into a Facebook group so that we could kind of stay connected once we all gave birth and we've gotten a little closer over this last year of trying to figure out motherhood during a lockdown and pandemics and just The roller coaster that is being a mom in general. And it's been great. It's been really it's been really fun getting to know people across the world through this group. So Jennifer was amazing in volunteering to be our first guest. So Jennifer, how are you?
1: I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. I have a history of volunteering first for things that kind of scare me. Because I always like to get things out of the way, you know. Um so
0: That's very brave brave of you.
1: Yeah, I guess my my theory is like, well, if I do first, then it, you know, there's low
0: expectations. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Um, Great. Well, uh, today we're going to be talking about your birth story and what all that looked like for you personally and emotionally and physically. And just walk through what it's like to go through labor and delivery and birth during a pandemic. okay I guess first up is labor <laughs> so go ahead and uh, you can start from the beginning
1: uh, Thanks for having me you know. I'll start a little bit earlier than labor, because there's a lot that (laughs) happens before labor. A
0: few things.
1: (laughs) A few things. Not like, I'm not going to start that early, but I'll I'll start a little bit before. I'll start, you know, kind of when the the pandemic started, you know. Okay, great. We started hearing word about it in January, February timeframe. And, you know, by then, we were all already, you know, three months pregnant. And so... Mm -hmm you know, I'd already, you know, I'd already told the world, like, hey, I'm pregnant, you know, you've started at that point looking forward to, you know, what your pregnancy and what you know, your birth and you know, having a baby is going to be like,
0: mm-hmm. and then,
1: you know, a lot of things changed. Right. Uh, yeah, so, for you know, for me, I've always been a little bit of a hypochondriac. You know, my health's okay. not great, so, like, I grew up, I have asthma and, you know, a a couple other things. And so I was already nervous, you know, going into pregnancy, like how, how's my body gonna take this? Like Mm -hmm. just worried kind of about my health in general Mm -hmm. and having a pandemic on top of it, it made me really nervous. Like I was, yeah, like I was, you know, probably, well now now knowing everything we know I, I wasn't over the top but at the time probably a lot of people thought I was over the top with you know trying to stick to here's the rules we have to wear a mask we can't go anywhere like
0: right they probably assumed I, you were just being pregnancy anxiety you know oh it's just your hormones
1: <laughs> yeah it's just your hormones or you're just being anxious um but you know, I, I was anxious, I was pregnant, and I, you know, I had asthma as well, so I was real nervous about the unknowns. There's so many unknowns about pregnancy and having a baby in general that, like,
0: and this was your team. first baby.
1: Oh, yeah, this mm-hmm. is my, our, our first baby, so, you know, so many unknowns um, that it just sort of seemed like it added to the mix. Right. Um, you know, I didn't see my mom from um probably March like middle of March you know we talked a couple times like where she was outside and we were like distance. but I didn't really see my mom until I had Teddy um, wow. for probably like yeah four or five months um just because I was really nervous about things right and um, does your family
0: live pretty close to you
1: They, my parents live about uh, an hour and a half away, and my in-laws live about 45 minutes
0: away. Oh, so pretty close.
1: Yeah, they live pretty close. Like, right now, they, you know, come up once a week to watch Teddy. so, yeah, Mm -hmm. pretty decently close. So, yeah, I was nervous. Um, I was considered high risk uh, because of my asthma, Um, Mm -hmm. so I actually got extra doctor's appointments and extra ultrasounds, um, so, you know, the good thing is, is that my office did, did uh, allow my husband into the ultrasounds. Nice. Um, yes. Yeah, so all, all the way through? Yes. I got one every other week from 24 weeks on. And he, he was allowed in the ultrasound room, but just not the doctor's office. So that was okay. nice. That is really Um, nice. I'm
0: jealous. I always wanted more ultrasounds. Yeah, (laughs) I always wanted to see them. (laughs)
1: Yeah, because did you just have one at, um, like, the 8 and 20?
0: Yeah, I think think it was, like, 8, 12, 20, and then I think there was one that I had, like, right, right before or something like that. Yeah. So, I'm jealous. Yeah,
1: (laughs) I I had, like, a whole, I was getting a big stack of pictures. I was like, they're they're looking the same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. It's so funny to look at them now. It's like, oh... They, they do look like little potatoes, like.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was high risk, uh, but I didn't have that many complications, um, mm-hmm. you know. For pregnancy, like, yeah, you don't feel that great, but they don't consider that a complication. they just like, right. oh, your back hurts. You don't feel good. Like, that's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that was the case up until probably a couple of weeks before I – had Teddy, I started getting some high blood pressure. Um, Just a couple uh, times, like they would take it once, it would be high, and they would Mm -hmm. have me go lay down, and it would go back down. They were just kind of monitoring it, but not that concerned. Mm -hmm. Um, So I got up to, I was um, 39 weeks pregnant uh, in like a couple days. And it was like the weekend, and my I think my next doctor's appointment was on like a Tuesday or something, but Mm -hmm. it was like a, started not feeling great just the weekend. Like I started getting a headache on Saturday and feeling not good. Um, And that kind of continued on Sunday. And And did you think you were
0: sick or like what kind of just like extra pregnant crummy?
1: I don't, I mean, I was 39 weeks pregnant, so I wasn't <laughs> sure, like, what if it was just, like, I was 39 weeks pregnant, or, right. you know, if there was an issue. Right. So, I, because um, I had gone to the doctor on that Friday, and I and had been cleared. So, I sat, got in that Monday morning, I called the doctor, I got an appointment, um, but in that time, like, I took a bath. I tried to do things to make me feel better. I just didn't feel that great. Um, So that was actually, I had taken vacation that week because I said, I'm going to take the week before my due date and I'll take vacation time and I can have Mm -hmm. some time off before I have uh, Teddy. Mm -hmm. And that was supposed to be my first vacation day. So I went in to the doctor's office. I don't know. I think I had an appointment around noon Mm -hmm. and you know, they did not ultrasound. There was nothing wrong, but my blood pressure was high. Um, mm-hmm. They they did it at the urine test, and I didn't have the proteins in it, so I didn't have preeclampsia. Okay, good. But mm-hmm. they were they were concerned that my blood pressure was high, so they said, you know, between that and the fact that I was already you know 39 weeks and I think two or three days pregnant, they said mm-hmm. there's not really a reason. For you to stay pregnant at this point, like let's have the baby.
0: Let's let's have office. a baby.
1: <laughs> like my husband wasn't there. My husband was at work, and so like I had him on speakerphone
0: uh-huh.
1: talking to the doctor. And oh my he, gosh! I know was freaking out. Like right. Oh. And so the doctor was like, "Let's have the baby. Go go to the hospital." Oh my gosh! And so you know, I go to my car. So Andrew was like, "It's go time," and he's like okay, I'm in my plan. I'll I'll go. I'll pick up your bag and everything. Did you have
0: everything packed and ready to go? Yes.
1: So I had, I had packed my bag, um, you know, a week or two before that. So I had everything packed. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I just needed my like phone charger and things like that. Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah. So he went home, he got the bag. I went and checked in. So my doctor's office is like next door to the hospital that, Mm -hmm. that i had, was going to be delivering at we did have the the rule then that um i think andrew had to wait until i was back in a room to come with me and there weren't any other visitors allowed uh it was you know just uh m- myself and my husband um, we didn't have to wear masks um but i didn't have to wear mine after my covid test came back um which it came back negative thankfully Thankfully, that was like the thing I was really worried about.
0: I was right, like, what if I'm pregnant? Well, and did they did they have you take the test uh, like immediately when you got there?
1: Um, they. I mean, I was in a room when mm-hmm. they had me take the test, so it wasn't immediately, but okay. it was pretty early on. Okay, Yes. Yeah. Nice. So I, you know, I got in a room, my husband, he he came there, he was still freaking out, like he barely packed anything for him. I think I threw like a couple (laughs) of shirts in for him and like a couple, like Mm
0: -hmm. one or two
1: days worth of clothes and and, like he didn't pack anything else for
0: himself. Of course, that's such a guy thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) except like I had snacks too, thankfully for him. Oh
0: yes, that's key. That is key for hospital packing. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So yeah, because, and that's good because it, it, I was in labor for a long time. So I had to be induced. I wasn't, um, I think I was only like one centimeter dilated. So I, you know, I, I really had to be induced. So I, you know, I think it was probably that late afternoon on that Monday, which was, would be July 6th that I got um, the Cervidel pill, I believe it was, mm-hmm. to start the induction. And later that night, I got Pitocin as well. Okay. Um, neither of those, you know, uh, they were fine. I mean, you know, it's not fun being induced, but I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, really have much
0: trouble with
1: it. You know, No I adverse reactions
0: out. or anything like that?
1: No, I mean, it was fine. It was just you know, you're kind of in labor. Just labor, yeah. <laughs> Just labor. You're,
0: you're probably um, not going to be comfortable in that situation in any way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: the, yeah, so I started the induction. They're like, well, we'll give it uh, 12 hours, and then we'll see how things are. So mm-hmm. they gave the, the, the Cervidel 12 hours, actually, and then they started the Pitocin. Um, okay. So that happened. I still wasn't progressing very much. They had to like keep upping the Pitocin until it was at the maximum level. Whoa. Yeah, it was like maximum level for a while. But okay. I you know, it doesn't wasn't really working that well. Like it's mm-hmm. not like I, I've heard like horror stories with the Pitocin where it's like you're getting contractions every minute or something mm-hmm. like that and there's no break. Um, you know, it it was. That's always the horror story. I know, like you <laughs> definitely don't want that happen, but mm-hmm. you know, it didn't seem like it was really progressing along. Um, so they had to do a couple of other things as well. They they put the um, the uh, Foley balloon in. Um, mm. They had me do the the peanut bowl. but okay. that Foley catheter thing that was. Awful, like the worst.
0: I didn't have um, that, but I've heard from multiple people that they would rather have contractions than ever experience yeah, that again. That
1: was, that was like the i, I was like sh- like the only part I was like shaking because of how oh painful it was, and like crying because um, I had you know I knew I wanted to get an epidural, but mm-hmm. like it's really hard in labor unless you're in like really active labor to know when to get it. Like, if you're being mm-hmm. induced, it kind of escalates slowly. And so I, I didn't know at that point. I was like, well, I'm only three centimeters dilated. So I was like, I guess I shouldn't have it yet. I yeah, should have had it before I'm handling it
0: right now, okay. I, sh- yeah. I should
1: have had it before that fully catheter. Mm. Um, so right after that, so I was still having some blood pressure issues through all of this, but they were in- intermittent. Like, it would it'd go up, and then I would, you know turn on my side or something and they would go down. But mm-hmm. after they, they did that, um, fully catheter and I was in a lot more pain, my blood pressure went up and it, it was really having trouble going down again. And I had, uh, and one of the nurses that was assigned to me, she'd been a nurse in that hospital for like 30 years or something. One of those like sweet old, like, veteran, grand- yeah, veteran. And she was like a mm-hmm. sweet, like grandmotherly type. She pulled me aside after that and was basically had told me, "Hey, it's time to get an epidural." Like I called the anesthesiologist like five minutes ago. He's on mm-hmm. his way up. Like it's time. You need to get the epidural, or we'll have to, you know, do something because of your blood pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, you okay.
0: Know. Speaking of epidurals and using the Foley catheter and everything, did you have, I mean, everyone kind of has a general idea, at least of a birth plan and things that they want and don't want. Did you have anything specific that you were like, I do not want to do this? Like, unless it's an absolute, absolute emergency, like this was kind of like my no-go list. Did you have any like medications or different types of, um, interventions or positions or anything that were like on your no-no list? Um,
1: not really. I'll, I, I wanted an epidural, mm-hmm. you know, wanted healthy baby. And I wasn't very, you know, besides yeah. the rest of it, I was like, well, you know, well, I, I wasn't open. very picky. I was, yeah, I was open to it. So nothing that like all the, the getting induced and stuff like that, you know, it didn't bother me. Like, I don't have this anger that I had to, to be induced or I had mm-hmm. to have these different things. I, I didn't really care about the, all those details.
0: Yeah. I think going into it with a pretty open mind is the way to go, just because there's so many different ways a birth can go. So. Yeah.
1: Labor is hard anyway, so, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm in the, the position that you do have to kind of keep a more open mind.
0: Yeah. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah.
1: The nurse called the anesthesiologist up, and he came in. He gave him the epidural. It was a pretty good one because I felt a lot better. What? I should have had that epidural way before
0: um, <laughs> way before and, that um, Foley
1: <laughs> it, yeah and it did help my um, blood pressure go down hmm um, so at that point I'd had that I had the um, that Foley catheter I had the, the epidural thankfully and i was still on the Pitocin um, so and, and that was midday on Thursday um, okay so they I was still checking along and but not making that much progress mm-hmm. i think it wasn't until like pretty late that day that i, I progressed enough that the the balloon came out um, and it wasn't until that wednesday morning sorry this is a monday tuesday wednesday so it wasn't until wednesday morning that mm-hmm. I progress further. It, it was a very slow labor. I was in labor for, like, 45 hours.
0: I was going to say, that is super long.
1: Yeah, I, I don't, like, I think Teddy would have stayed in there for another, like, couple weeks. He was good. He was, I been induced. he was cozy. He was cozy. Yeah. I love so, it. So I had about 11 o'clock, well, no, a little bit before that, around 9 or 10 on Wednesday morning, the 8th, they, they kept having problems with my blood pressure. Um, mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't going down. Like I had to keep moving and like, it would only be down if I was laying on my right side. So I had to keep on my right side. But at one point, like that didn't even work anymore. And mm-hmm. so they were like, you got to get on uh, magnesium. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. magnesium mm-hmm. is this awful drug that makes you feel like you're it makes you really hot and it makes you feel like your whole brain is molasses
0: oh man it,
1: yeah it's pretty bad um but they're like well this is to protect you the baby so i was like mm-hmm. okay well they i was like eight or nine centimeters so i didn't have that much time and labor left but they're mm-hmm. like you don't really have a choice you you got to take this or you're you know gonna be in danger or we'll have to go to like a c-section or something so i got right. on the magnesium mm-hmm. um and it wasn't that long that i was in the magnesium that they're like well you're pretty close but teddy is turned a little bit um like he wasn't um i guess straight uh facing my back he mm-hmm. was a little bit turned and so they're like why don't you try doing these spinning babies positions
0: what does that, that look he-? like
1: it awful. Spitting babies when you're nine centimeters dilated on magnesium is awful.
0: Oh my gosh. I mean
1: not as awful as that Foley catheter but it was just like this is the last thing I want to be doing right now.
0: So is it a position or like a movement that you have to do?
1: It's like a position where it's like like you I had to like get on my like you to like Pull like one leg really high up and like mm-hmm. be like on your side and then like go to the other side. Oh my gosh. I don't know. It was just like, this
0: is so boring. you're doing like Pilates nine centimeters I'm doing, like, dilated.
1: Pil- Pilates nine <laughs> centimeters dilated. <like. laughs>
0: With your brain turned to like mush and you're mm-hmm. exhausted from days of labor. Oh my gosh. I can't imagine. Yeah, they
1: didn't let me like eat. Uh, like they wouldn't let you eat after you got the. Uh, epidural so I right. was, was like I'm starving oh my gosh um, so like, all right teddy let's go <laughs> yeah so thankfully I, I guess the spinning babies worked because they were like okay you're ready to start pushing hmm so when I yeah so when I, I started pushing um, it, it was just a nurse and my husband in the room
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, my doctor you know she had she came in and, and visited periodically but she wasn't in there for when I started pushing um Mm -hmm. which my husband was not happy about it because he was like holding one leg and he was like not expected to get so like
0: up close uh, and personal front and
1: center yeah he did not (laughs) he was sort of like his plan was to be by my head the whole time okay okay. like that in the action so I, i started pushing um the first couple of pushes actually they were pretty alarmed by because Teddy's heart rate went down.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: so they actually, like the first couple ones, they were like, stop. They had to check the monitor. They were they were worried like, oh, we might have to go to C-section if he's not tolerating it. Um, but then it his heart rate got better and they said, okay, you can continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up pushing for like two hours, I think. Oh, um, man. The nurse kept saying I was a good pusher, which I was proud about at the time. But Mm -hmm. thinking back, I was like, she probably says that to everybody. Yeah,
0: (laughs) you're doing great. You're doing great. Just keep going.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like probably says that to everybody.
0: Hey, Um, but whatever. Whatever is motivating in that moment, like yeah, I'll take it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, whatever works. Um, And so yeah, I was pushing for about two hours, Mm -hmm. and you know it kind of came go time. Then, like, a flood of people came in. Like, when it's go time, there's, like, suddenly there was, like, 12 people in the room instead of, like, one person. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: was that overwhelming or did you, was it just, like, I'm I way oh, too no, focused on what's zone. going on? Okay. I was in the
1: zone. Like, my eyes uh-huh. were closed and I was, like, I didn't care what was happening. Right. Um,
0: there could be a parade my through the husband's,
1: room. Apparently my husband said that, like, I think the doctor was, like, getting concerned about um, some of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, like, she, like, pushed a button or something, and, like, the NICU team came. Mm-hmm. So, I, I was pushing. I was finally, you know, almost had, uh, almost ready to deliver. Um, and he actually got, his shoulders got stuck. So, I didn't even know his shoulders, it's the shoulder dystocia. I didn't even notice his shoulders getting stuck, because, like, are a lot of things happening in the right. moment. <laughs> but all they did is they, like, y- length yanked my legs all the way back and apparently I guess that was a good enough position that he was able to to come out
0: kind of maneuver Um, out yeah
1: yeah but my husband was like oh yeah they were like worried in that moment but I don't know I was not paying that much attention I guess yeah it is crazy when you're things to worry about
0: (laughs) yeah it's crazy when you're pushing how it's uh, you're just focused on like just making your body do what it wants to do and, like, everything else, like, they're just pushing, and pulling, and poking, and prodding, and (laughs) you're, like, whatever, like, yes, I'm just focused on this one thing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Uh, and now that I remember, they did have the NICU, and every, all all the teams come in, because of the magnesium that I was on, because it does, um, it does pass the placenta, and Mm -hmm. it can make babies more, um, like, lethargic, uh, because it, it makes you lethargic, so, Mm -hmm they did have um them t- that team come in and they like took him away straight away um like i didn't know at the time that like he really didn't look good but mm-hmm. i all i knew at the time was like th- there was a team working on him to my left my husband was also he was like by my left shoulder like doctors were doing their thing next to like my feet mm-hmm. um and I just remember, like, after having him, like, I just was looking to the left, looking at him just I was like, please mm-hmm. scream or, like, cry or something, and, like, right. it took a while for him to cry. Um, like, they had the, the NICU team working on him for a little bit, and we found out later that he did inhale some um, muponium, mm-hmm. um while he was, uh, before he was born, which is probably why it took longer. Mm -hmm. and he did get a he had this massive bruise on his head because I was pushing for two hours and uh he was stuck
0: oh so he was pressing like against your pubic bone
1: yeah he was pressing against my pubic bone and he was stuck so he had this like massive bruise oh no and yeah it was really scary until you know he finally started crying (laughs) and then I was crying and it was just you know like the best thing is like they're finally crying they're they're okay mm-hmm. um i think he was born around noon he was seven pounds they said at first 11 ounces and then they corrected it to 10 ounces mm-hmm. but like i'm claiming that extra ounce like he was seven pounds 11 ounces yeah
0: work out counting that
1: yeah <laughs> um and so yeah they they put him back on my chest um you know we got to spend some time uh, t- together.
0: How were you feeling in those, like, first moments? So when you very first got to finally hold Teddy and meet him, uh, was it, I mean, I, it's a very emotional time, but, like, what were your emotions during that?
1: I don't know. I think I was just relieved. I mm-hmm. was also, you know, I was still in that magnesium, so I was kind of in a fog, too, but mm-hmm. I was just relieved that, like, he was okay and, and that, like, know that everything was okay Mm -hmm. um so you know the good thing is is they they did let my parents come up and my um husband's parents um come up and and meet teddy uh, that day which we we didn't think that they were gonna let them do that right um they actually my so my husband went down to like the the front desk to let them in and Mm -hmm. i was holding teddy and I was, that magnesium made you so tired. And I do remember, I was terrified. I was like, do not drop this kid! Like, do mm-hmm. not drop this kid!" Because, like, my arms and everything felt like lead.
0: Oh, yeah. And I don't know if you'd had anything to eat by then. But, I mean, it had been no. literally days. And- <laughs> no.
1: It's like an hour after I get birth. Like, I hadn't even had anything to eat. Like, um, and, Yeah. It, it was pretty bad.
0: Oh, my gosh. Just um, exhausted, too. Yeah. yeah but,
1: but I was really happy that, you know, they, my parents and Andrew's parents were able to con- come on up and meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was good um, because he, about probably two hours after he was born, um, the NICU team said that they wanted to evaluate him mm-hmm. um, based on you know, the, the bruise that he had. Um, okay so they they took him to be evaluated um and they came back later and they said that he had um low body temperature Mm, okay so his temperature actually was at one point went all the way down to like 92 or 93 degrees wow so they had to admit him to the nicu so you know at that point you know (laughs) it's scary for us but you know, we, we weren't as concerned because we're like, well, it's low body temperature. They thought, you know, it was something that, you know, he, he, it might've been the magnesium or something. And so Mm -hmm. we you know, we were scared, but we weren't like really, really scared. Sure. Just Um,
0: potential kind of residual effects from the delivery. Hopefully it'll just wear off.
1: Yeah. You know, I mean, like get some, um, get some like food into him and you know hopefully it will be okay Mm -hmm. um and so you know i had dinner my husband uh went up and saw him the nicu i wasn't able to uh get out of bed so i still had to be on the magnesium hooked up to everything for 24 hours after i had him so i wasn't able to go visit him in the nicu oh
0: man what was that like um
1: it it was really i mean it was hard Mm -hmm. um but again i think i felt so awful that i was like i can't get out of beds right um you know the whole thing was is frustrating but
0: but you knew someone was taking uh, care like really good care of teddy everything like that so that was at least reassuring
1: yeah at least that that part of it was reassuring um so you know after 24 hours they they kept checking my blood pressure it looked a lot better, and so they took me on the magnesium. Um, I I did have to stay on um, like a one other high blood pressure medicine, but they took me off the magnesium, and they said, okay, you know, you can um, then go to the NICU and see Teddy. Mm-hmm. So I, um, you know, my husband and I, we went to the NICU, and you know, he he was probably the biggest, one of the biggest babies in the NICU. I'm
0: sure seven pounds, eleven ounces.
1: Yeah, most of the NICU babies are so small, but he was, mm-hmm. you know, full term. Right. Um. And he, he did have this, like, mat, that bruise that he had on his head. Mm-hmm. It looked pretty gnarly. Like, it was swollen, and it was, like, black at that point. I was like, oh, oh poor Teddy. Poor guy, um, yeah. Yeah. So we did um go up, and they said, do you want to try feeding him? Mm-hmm. Um, which I had pumped a couple of times, um, and they'd given him some formula as well, mm-hmm. but I'd never tried, uh, breastfeeding him. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, tried and they actually had the lactation consultant come over and, um, tried to, uh, to help me. Mm-hmm. And at one point she, she got Kind of quiet and a little bit worried, said, and and went and got a nurse and said, "Hey, I, I you know, I'm concerned about these spasms that he's having, because um, mm-hmm. he was kind of jerking one of his hands um, back and forth, and mm-hmm. she just alerted the nurse and was like 'I, I'm worried about these, you know, uh, please like check if he's having any seizure activity,'
0: mm-hmm.
1: which was scary, like the first right. time you." you it was hard for me. Like first time I was trying breastfeeding, like my kid has like my baby has a seizure.
0: right. So, oh my gosh
1: yeah, that, I mean, that was really scary. Um, we uh, we didn't really know what was happening. They he had he stopped doing it, and so we didn't know, you no, know, was it just that he was getting really upset? Uh, they weren't really one hundred percent sure if it was seizures at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did actually go back, you know, that night to my um, room and you know we, we started going to bed um, mm-hmm. and it was late that night so like we were already uh, asleep and we had teddy's doctor come in the room and like at two in the morning and say you need to come up um you know teddy we he started having seizure activities and you know it's got worse we've had to put him on like some medications and we've started called like some doctors in and put him on like an EEG
0: machine oh my gosh where did your mind go during that
1: I mean you don't even know what to think like Mm -hmm. you're exhausted you know you just had a baby you haven't really slept like you don't know what to think Mm -hmm. it's just the whole thing is scary right you know and so it's like two in the morning we we rush up to the nicu and it was so i mean scary i mean they have all these doctors they had like doctors from like three different hospitals in the room um like around his bed um and they you know they were trying to figure out what was causing the seizures um Mm -hmm. you know there wasn't really i know there wasn't anything we could do at that point except just like wait Um, right
0: just be there for him be there were the doctors communicating a lot with you or did you feel like you were kind of on the outside looking in
1: um they were communicating but they didn't know what was wrong Mm, okay so like they were communicating that something was wrong but that they didn't know and they they were running like all these tests so Mm -hmm. you know they were running tests to see did he have an infection did he have a brain bleed did he have um oxygen deprivation that was that had caused it um you know did he have different you know blood work where some sort of levels so they started running all these tests and they were basically like some of the tests take a long time to come back mm-hmm. so it was kind of a waiting game you know they started him on some medication for it um and thankfully it was only i don't know it was less than a day that the medication Started working and he mm-hmm. stopped having the, the seizures, so that that piece of it was good, right? So, you know, oh, he stopped well, having really? the seizures. I know <laughs> he stopped having the seizures. Um, he was still having issues with his blood sugar, um, that mm. was one of the things that they thought could have caused it. Um, and you know, he got all these tests, nothing ever came back, you know they they did a, a ct scan and they said mm-hmm. there was like a tiny amount the tiniest amount of blood on his brain and like a tiny fracture but they were like it was so small that it shouldn't have cost it mm-hmm. um they did genetic panels they did the the infection screen and the spinal tap came back clear um mri came back clear ultrasound came back clear the um they had to test for a metabolic disorders those came Mm -hmm. back clear which wow yeah like at one point i think it was like a couple days after like they were still running all these tests and the frustrating piece was like they didn't know they were trying to like we're like speculating what they're what was happening they're like well we think it's probably either a congenital metabolic disorder or you know potentially um like an infection Mm-hmm. Um, and they never explained what congenital metabolic disorder was because that sounds scary, really scary. Really scary. Yeah. Now, because I thought somehow like congenital meant like deadly and like I was like mm-hmm. losing it. It's so, like the only good thing about having a baby in the NICU during a pandemic is that you have to wear a mask and mm-hmm. they it's they can't see you cry as much. Oh. I, I do remember thinking that. Like, at one point, I was like, I'm glad I have this mask on so they can't see me cry as much. Oh,
0: what a, like, what a sad convenience to have, though. Yeah. I mean, did you find it frustrating that they didn't have answers or more of a relief that it wasn't anything, like, massively glaring? Just, I mean,
1: I mean, kind it of was circulate between the two? It was definitely, like, a relief at first because, like, everything that they, like, checked off was mm-hmm. like, okay he's not going to be in, like, you know, major danger. Like, he doesn't Mm -hmm. have a deadly infection. He doesn't have a brain bleed. He doesn't have Mm a, um, you know, one of those metabolic disorders. Um, Right. It it didn't become frustrating until, like, much later on. So, Teddy was in the NICU for nine days, and they they never found out, you know, what was, what had caused the seizures, you know. Mm -hmm. They speculate, like, Probably it might have been the low blood sugar or it might have been, um, like, during birth, uh, like, a a small period of, like, oxygen deprivation. But -hmm. they never found out what was wrong. We were in there for nine days. Some of it was because he was having trouble, um, like, taking the the full, like, feeds. And so Mm -hmm. we were probably in there the last, like, three or so days just because they needed to get him to eat. Mm -hmm. But he was finally discharged nine days after i'd have him and um i mean it was sweet uh, you know i had been discharged so i was in the hospital for a full of uh, five days so okay. basically two days like before i had him and then three days after
0: because
1: okay. um, i was on the magnesium for one day um and then they were like teddy had started having the seizures and then Somehow, my blood pressure went up.
0: Somehow. Oh, it could, have
1: been, it could have been, like, oh, my baby's having seizures.
0: <laughs> Maybe. I'm not a doctor, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I was at the... They, they had me stay, like, an extra day or two. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'd been home for, um, like, we were home for six or so days, you know, while okay. he was in the NICU.
0: And were you just so, going back and forth every day then?
1: Yeah, we were going back and forth. Andrew was staying at the NICU more than I was because I was mm-hmm. still you know recovering healing and mm-hmm. yeah and so like I had somebody come stay with me it was like my mom or my sister or Andrew's mom um, mm-hmm. would stay and like drive me up and back you know it, it was just it was good to finally have him home and have him be okay um, and mm-hmm. you know the first piece of it like it was scary because they were like well you know here's what to look out for if he has any seizures at home, you know. But mm-hmm. thankfully, he's almost a year old and he, he hasn't had any seizures at home. He's he's doing great. So, boy, yeah. yeah
0: was there he, any like plan for con- like continued checkups or continued care based on those initial seizures, or just only if there was any activity after?
1: Yeah, no. We've been, we've seen a um, a neurologist every three months uh, okay. since he was discharged. So. Um, yeah, we, we go back in July. It is July. We go back in like a couple weeks. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. so they, they think we'll probably go to a neurologist for until he's about two. Um, cause he is still on medication for, okay. for the, for seizures, probably more as a precaution, um, than anything now, but mm-hmm. they said that they would keep him on it until he's two years old. Okay.
0: Well, hopefully he doesn't ever need anything or nothing ever comes of it. Um, yeah. Oh man. And finally being home. And especially after all that time, finally being home, all three of you together. Mm -hmm. So I know you had some people you said around with your sister and your mom kind of going back and forth while your husband was at the NICU. Once everyone was back home, did you still have a lot of people kind of milling back and forth or was it mostly the three of you just getting settled?
1: Um, For the first day, it was the three of us. Um, And then we had sort of like we'd have like one visit like we had my parents came up the day after he was discharged Andrew's parents came up the day after that um but they weren't like intrusive like a lot of the times they would come up and like I'd hand the baby to them and I'd go take a nap mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was that was nice
0: um, <laughs> definitely
1: but, yeah but we didn't have anybody like spend the night or anything um we we at one point, we were we were kind of afraid, and we had, like, asked, like, my sister, who's a nurse, like, if she could spend the night with us, mm-hmm. um, but we ended up saying, no, like, we're okay, um, you know, I just, we were scared at first, but we ended right. up being okay.
0: Good. Okay. That's still nice to kind of have in your back pocket. Yeah. So, is there anything that you wish, I mean, I know that you ended up getting kind of surprise induced. Um, but is there anything that you kind of wish you knew going into labor and delivery that you didn't know at that time
1: so the thing is is that I feel pretty conflicted kind of just about my birth story in general Mm -hmm. because we don't know like is it because he got stuck that he had the seizures you know should I have had a a C-section earlier? Because I did push for a pretty long time with being stuck. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm conflicted, like, especially, like, I don't know, you know, having a a next kid, is it a better, is it the right idea to opt for a C-section? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, this happened the first time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I would feel okay about my birth story, like, if he had ended up being healthy, but the fact that he did have, you know, the NICU stay and and the seizure, you know, that piece of it is conflicting for me.
0: Sure, it left you with a lot of questions about why. Yeah,
1: yeah, it left me with questions kind of just being unsure of myself.
0: Sure, and uh, how would you, if you were to give your husband a, not necessarily a grade for how he did during, labor and delivery and everything um but how did how was he kind of emotionally and physically doing throughout all this
1: no he was good he stayed in the room he hey but he was under strict orders like you're not a- allowed to like go and get Dairy Queen and come back and, <laughs> like you're here we're in this together um, mm-hmm. yeah he was really good
0: good so, good I know that I brought a couple of things that were definitely not necessary to bring to a hospital but did you bring or think about bringing anything at the time that you think is now hilarious like anything you packed in it in your go bag
1: um i i mean i packed like a hospital gown um Mm -hmm. which i didn't even touch like i just packed i just used like the hospital gown that they provided
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um i don't know i i didn't put that many like ridiculous things in I, um, the one thing that was good that I recommend anybody to have is I brought a portable fan that was like high powered and when I was pushing and especially when I was like in the magnesium having the hot flashes, mm-hmm. they like put it on my face.
0: Oh, that's a good that, one. That, yeah, that was pretty good. Smart. Okay. I'm going to like take notes of all these for, <laughs> for second kit delivery. <laughs> yeah. Is there... Any other advice that you would give to a mom who is about to give birth, or is looking ahead in her pregnancy to labor and delivery? Anything that you would like to put out there as advice?
1: You know, there's so much advice when you're you're pregnant, and or when you just have a new baby. Like, I think feel like you're bombarded with so many advice that like it, most of it's conflicting, so you don't know what to turn, you know mm-hmm. what to do. So. I, I, I guess my big thing is, you know, just kind of go with it and be open to, you know, what has to happen because you've got to have the baby one way or another. Mm-hmm. And, and the, I guess the important thing for me is like, I wouldn't want to have my baby. So.
0: Right. I mean, that's, that's the end goal, right? Just, we want a baby Earthside. side. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I love it. Great. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me and with everyone. Um, It was wonderful to kind of travel back down memory lane and get to share that. So I really appreciate you volunteering to be guest number one on the Panda Babes podcast.
1: Oh, well, thank you for having me.
0: Thanks so much. And uh, we'll see everyone back for episode two.
1: Okay. Thanks. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks so much for joining us and listening to the first episode of the Panda Babes podcast. For more content and updates, you can find us on Instagram at Panda Babes podcast. That's P-A-N-D-E-B-A-B-E-S podcast. No dashes, nothing in that one. Uh, or email at podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much and see you next time.